You're listening to the Box Office Party. Welcome back to the Box Office Party, your weekly source of cinema's newest releases, box office estimates, trivia, and a whole lot of shenanigans. My name is the Box Office Geek. I'm Hammy. I'm Angel Cake. All right, and quite a bit happened over the weekend, so let's not waste any time and get right into it. Hammy, what news you got for us? All right, first news item, maybe the biggest item of the week as far as the box office is concerned. Turning Red, the new Pixar movie, is going straight to Disney+, Plus, which is the third straight Pixar film to do so, I believe, and maybe the fourth if you count the, you know, the onward kind of hybrid thing. What's going on there, guys? What do you think is going on? Do you think this is anything to do... You think it's about to affect Lightyear in any way, uh, or is it just because this is not an original or this is an original IP that it's getting pushed back? I'm not gonna lie; it feels like this is just a pattern because we had this from Soul, which of course we were gonna get it from Soul because they decided to uh, give us some content during the pandemic, which I'm very thankful for. It gave us a good podcast episode, and then Luca was just given to us on Disney Plus, and now turning red. I think Geek said it perfectly in the 2022 preview episode that we put out earlier this year they weren't doing much with the trailer they made like one trailer and that was it geek wasn't a fan of it i just think that if they were really wanting to push this movie they would have they would have delayed it they would have done more for the promotion marketing i think that they're ready to dump this movie and then go on to lightyear which they're way more excited about i mean toy story 4 made it bunch of money so i think that one's going to be safe and they just want to hedge their bets and give something to Disney Plus and then put everything into Lightyear coming out later this year. I think Disney has had their eyes open to basically the Disney Plus market. We constantly are asking the question, how does Netflix afford all of this content, all these big budget movies, all these big budget televisions? They clearly are doing it easily because they're having monthly subscription people. It's $17.99 if you're on the 4K package. So imagine X number of people times $17.99 per month. That's $17.99 X. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think that Disney figured out how much money they're making off Disney+. Plus. At the same time, they're being careful about what movies they're releasing in theaters. If something's probably going to make a billion, they're going to leave it in theaters. If it's going to be worldwide. Also, is Turning Red going to have an international release as well? Or is it just going to be... Disney Plus internationally. From what I can tell, it's Disney Plus internationally, but I'm not sure. Wow. I'm not sure. Okay. So I think they're just really trying to beef up as many memberships as possible. At the same time, maybe this movie isn't that good. In my personal opinion, Pixar has been kind of flaking lately. They haven't had a really great movie in a while. And again, I I enjoyed Soul. I enjoyed Luca. Onward made me ugly cry. But that was because of personal experiences that was going on with me at the time. This just doesn't look very good. And I think Pixar's kind of maybe missing the mark lately. Meanwhile, Disney proper, their animated films are kind of killing it right now. They're going to do whatever's going to be more profitable for themselves. Yeah, I don't see it so much as a dump as it as what Geek was saying. I, I think that Disney sees how valuable these things can be. I trust Pixar implicitly. I'm not saying the last few Pixar movies have been, you know, up there with the first few or anything, but I think they've been very good, very strong throughout. Uh, I... This movie doesn't appeal to me quite as much, but I still think it'll be good. I think we're just starting to see, you know, more of the changing of the times. I, I, I what I wonder is what's the number that they that Disney wants to see from a movie to put it out because I, I mean, I don't think there's any way turning turning red doesn't make like a million dollars. Like, you know, 
not the first weekend or anything, but you know, overall, like, does it need a billion worldwide for it to open now? If so, how many movies are we going to see that aren't Marvel or, you know, giant Pixar movies? Uh, but that said, I don't think there's, I'll give Lightyear like a 1% chance of not coming out. I probably less than that, but, uh, I guess you never know. I, I think we'll definitely see Lightyear cause it'll make a bazillion dollars. One more thing. It's so interesting what they're choosing to release and whatnot. So like the King's man is Fox which is Disney. The Bob's Burgers movie, which is Fox, which is Disney. Those are getting exclusive theatrical releases. Not even talking about the 45-day window. And I I believe the streaming rights are going to Hulu, not Disney+. Plus. I could be wrong about that. But it's just so interesting that they're... And smart, at the same time, they're being so picky about what they are popping into theaters and what they're going to keep at home. Yeah, if there's one thing I trust is Disney making the right decision on making money. So... Uh, I, yeah, I feel like they're, they're doing what's right for them, and obviously that means that this is profitable in some way. All right, Golden Globes, Geek, I'll let you rant about it in just a second. First of all, made some news for not being in the news. They Hardly anyone even knew they happened. They weren't televised. They snuck by everyone. Uh, just a rundown of the, the big winners. Power of the Dog won Best Picture. West Side Story won Best you know Musical Picture. Uh, acting Awards went to Will Smith... Andrew Garfield, Nicole Kidman, and the young lady from West Side Story whose name I forget. Does this affect your Oscar predictions, and how much do you hate the Globes, Geek? I hate the Globes. I hate them. I hate them so much. If anybody has not heard me rant about the Globes, I hate them so much. How I look at the Globes. It's a family, and the older brother, his name is Oscar. He really knows movies. And then the the, the middle child, Emmy, really knows TVs. And the little kid, Goldie, We'll call them. Don't they don't know anything, and they try to give their opinion. Like I think this is a good movie, and Oscar and Emmy are like, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then Goldie's like, well, I'm gonna go make my own award show in my treehouse with my friends, and we're gonna nominate The Tourist <laughs> as best comedy. It's not so much a big deal now because of limited series and everything like that. But for the for the longest time, because of when the Golden Globes are released, they would nominate a show for best series, comedy, drama, whatever while it was still in the middle of its current season, which is the equivalent of watching half of a movie and saying it's the best movie of the year. The only reason people watch the Globes is to watch celebrities get drunk. And I don't need to watch them hand each other awards to see that. Hey, I hate the Globes so much. I feel that way about almost all awards show, but I will I will agree with you that the Globes is worse. To add to the family metaphor there, I think that the Grammys are indeed the old Grammy, the old grandmother who hasn't listened to an album since 1952. So uh, they might be the worst of them all. Drew, what do you think? Uh, I feel no opinion about the Golden Globes. Uh, Pretty much nothing changed from how I normally do things when the Golden Globe announces winners. I'll just get on there the next morning and read a list of who won and who didn't. And uh, nothing was different. Uh, I, re- I came onto like t- social media and people were like, I didn't even know they happened. I was like, I never know when they happen. I just get told that there's a list or I'll go onto Rotten Tomatoes and I'll just be like, look at all the people who won awards. Nothing changes for me via the Oscars. I'm still going to watch all the movies myself. I'm probably going to have my own opinions that are going to be completely wrong from the people that vote on the Oscars because that just always happens. <laughs> Nothing that they select as a winner really is what I think should win or is one of my personal favorites, which I think I put too much emotions behind uh, when I try to pick for these award shows. But no, I mean, the only thing that I will say is that I did watch West Side Story and uh, kudos for it getting an award because it won't get many Oscar noms or 
uh, awards, I think, or nods. I think they could get some technical award, but it's not getting Best Picture or anything. That flop of a Steven Spielberg movie. I think Drew Drew found something here, and that's that the that award shows are subjective, which some people still have yet to figure out, which is crazy. That said, I can't believe Will Smith is beating Benedict Cumberbatch for Best Actor. That seems asinine to me, but I might be in the minority there. Okay, a little bit of a you know sad start to the year. We had Betty White you know pass away, obviously. Then we had Sidney Poitier. Bob Saget and Peter Bogdanovich within the last week, uh, you know, rather than dwelling on that kind of thing. Uh, is there anything that sticks out to you guys from any of those actors uh, that, uh, you know, makes you happy and you'd like to share? Well, of course, I'm going to say uh, Betty White. During the pandemic, when that was the lockdowns were all happening, I found out that Hallmark, when I started working from home, would play the Golden Girls for like majority of the day. And so I just started watching the Golden Girls in the background and slowly but surely I would start losing like space to work because I would just keep on like looking up from the TV laughing because I feel like the Golden Girls were so smartly written back in the day that they still hold up to now. And uh, I just love Betty White. I loved the dynamic of the Golden Girls. And of course I grew up watching Full House and uh, Bob Saget. So uh, it's, it was tough. It, I mean, both were a huge shocker. I mean, granted, one was 98 years old or 99 years old, and uh, Bob Saget was 65 and touring and in Orlando. So, it, I mean, all these deaths are tragic, but so much of their work has touched so many people and has made the world better for what they've done. So, I mean, we should be celebrating everything that they've given us. Maybe go watch Half-Baked for that one scene of Bob Saget. Maybe go watch some Fuller House. Eh, maybe not too ma- too much of Fuller House. Go w- turn on Hallmark because there's definitely Golden Girls on some time of the day on Hallmark. Uh, so that's what I say. We rewatched Betty White's SNL episode after she passed. That episode is so hilarious. If you have Hulu, go watch it on Hulu. It is She does such risky stuff in that it is, and, and she's perfect and she's hilarious. And she keeps flirting with people. It is it is outstanding. <laughs> and it, we watched Golden Globes. Black Golden, not the Golden Globes. No, we just talked about how much we hate them. We watched the Golden Girls all the time. What a what a wonderful career to to the very end. And yeah, you mentioned it already. I know I grew up with Full House, but every single time I think of Bob Saget, I either think of the J- Jamie Kennedy song or Half Baked because that's the funniest part of the movie. When the guy's like, "I seen him," that is the funniest part of the movie. I love that movie so much. And yeah, of course, Sydney Party, you know, Heat of the Night, uh, everything like that. I just, oh, that one, that one actually hurt. Again, another wonderful long career, but that one, that one did hurt. Legend. Oh, legends, a whole lot of legends. Bogdanovich, gosh, that one. We, we, we were going through our, our library to see if we had any of his films, and we were ashamed to say we didn't. You two are brown-nosing to our old boss, Matthew Berry, who used to write for Golden Girls. I think that's how he got his start, right? Pretty sure. Oh, that's right. Golden Girls and Rose. He does, listen. Yeah, Golden Girls is good. I would I never got into the Mary Tyler Moore show, but I'm that it's, it's such a long career, pretty impressive. Like you guys said, Bob Saget was in my house. You had Full House and you had America's Funniest Home Videos. And even as I got older, I, you know, you forget he was like the the voice in How I Met Your Mother, which was on for ten seasons or whatever. Uh, Sidney Poitier was a you know personal fave of my dad. He loves to serve with love. He loves Lilies of the Field. Those are great movies. Bogdanovich. I looked through his movies. The only one I've seen I really liked, and that's Mask, not the Jim Carrey Mask, but the the uh, Eric Stoltz the Eric Stoltz one and uh, yeah so thank you for all of your work people we appreciate it and on to the next topic which is back to old Hollywood here uh news is out that Chris Evans is going to be playing Gene Kelly in a biopic and Rooney Mara is going to be playing Audrey Hepburn 
in a biopic. Are those good choices? Do you think they can pull those people off? Geek, what do you think? I didn't know Rooney Mara was Audrey Hepburn. That's perfect. That is that is inspired casting. Loyal listeners from our previous shows know I love Rooney Mara. I don't give any squat about her sister, Kate. I don't care about her at all. Rooney works with my friend David Fincher very often, So, and I think she's an excellent actress. So that's exciting. I was just kind of like lukewarm about this whole Chris Evans uh, thing, Gene Kelly thing. But now that now that Rooney's in it, done. I'm in. Here. Uh, Hammy, can I buy tickets for the movie through you? or can... uh, Yeah. Hammock Master. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like Chris Evans. I like him a lot more than his Marvel stuff. Like when I saw him on um, Knives Out, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He can act. And it's like he doesn't have to be this one note. Uh, Captain America type of uh, guy. So I'm always down for Chris Evans and Rooney Mara uh, playing Audrey Hepburn. So why not? I mean, this is going to be fun stuff. I always thought Natalie Portman would make a great Audrey Hepburn. Uh, I thought I think they look alike. Rooney Mara looks enough like her, and, and she's a good enough actress that I'm sure she could pull it off. I also think Lily Collins kind of looks like Audrey Hepburn, but she, maybe she's a little young at this stage. I don't know. I'm cool with that. I am interested, interested to see if Chris Evans... I, I think he has the acting chops. I do. Can he dance well enough? Because that's half of Gene Kelly right there. Gene Kelly is uber talented, was uber talented, and uh, I'm very interested to see if he could pull that off, and I'm a little bit skeptical. I, I heard very recently that he has a background in dancing because I watch um, Corridor Crew, which does a lot of VFX artists reacts and everything, and stuntmen reacts. They were talking about the elevator scene in uh, Captain America, the second one, I believe so, when he fights yeah, all the Winter Soldier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they were talking about how he's super able to get all the stunt coordination really quickly because of his dancing background. We'll see. He better have it as a foreground and not a background because this is serious <laughs> stuff. All right. Last one. Uh, Encanto, the soundtrack, became only the second movie soundtrack in the last decade to top the Billboard Top 200 albums. Uh, the other actually, it was it's the third one because both the Frozens did it. Uh, but we haven't had one in a long time. I haven't even seen Encanto. I heard there's like a something about Bruno song that people really like. Uh, but have you? Do you guys like the songs? Have you heard it? And what's your favorite movie soundtrack? I watched Encanto in theaters in Dolby, and it was incredible. I love that movie. Uh, I love the songs. Bruno, the song about Bruno is incredible. I think it's on Disney Plus. So I mean, if you have Disney Plus, yeah, yeah, I, would I need to highly recommend go checking it out. Um, yeah, it's incredible. I love all the songs. They're very catchy. It's done by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and it's definitely his style of songs. Like, the first song uh, where they're talking about everybody in the family, I mean, when they get to the rapping part, you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely Lin-Manuel Miranda's type of music. But it's really, really good. I think he hits all the notes, and I just love the style of music, and I was jamming in my seats. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard the music. Or it may be one of those things where I have heard the music and I didn't know what I was listening to. Because Hammy makes fun of me about that all the time. Where like he's like, how do you not know that song? You, there's no way you don't know that song. I'm like, I may have heard it. I just didn't know what I was listening to. But that was when I worked at an office and they would play the top 20 hits. And I would really just zone it out. Now that I work from home, I just use Apple Music and it plays all the geek hits. And I don't mean like geek song. I mean like, you know, like music from Cobra Kai and hair bands and things like that basically all my all the music a 40 year old man would listen to so johnny lawrence playlist yeah <laughs> yeah actually yes yeah i guess i'll have to give it a listen uh just for what it's worth i still really love the garden state soundtrack and i love the one soundtrack that's probably my favorite 
I don't know if that counts because, well, sure it counts. Why doesn't it count? Whatever. It doesn't matter. That's the news, guys. Let's go. All right. We're going to do a recap of the weekend. We thought Omicron would have a stronger effect on the box office the week after New Year's, but people still showed up in droves. No surprise, Spidey was the highest grossing film for at least one more weekend, bringing in $32.6 million with only a 42% drop. Also with a 42% drop was Sing 2 with a chorus of 11.5 million. I promise I'm not going to have these pun-driven recaps every single week unless people <laughs> want them. Then the week's new release, the 355, went above almost everybody's expectations with 4.6. And even though they went above expectations, it, it, that's still a long way to go to a $75 million budget. So that's really unfortunate. Again, we're not graveyard dancing at all. We we always want movies to do well. So it's just, yeah. we love when a movie overperforms from our expectations as well kingsman brought in another 3.2 million dollars while american underdog scooped up another 2.3 but back to spidey he's currently sitting at about 670 million dollars domestically ranking number six overall for the domestic all-time record its next opponent to swing past is avengers infinity war with six uh, 678 million dollars spidey should eclipse that by friday or saturday after that is black panther at 700 million after that is Avatar at $760 million. So Spidey should swing past T'Challa, no problem. But guys, can it beat Avatar and become the third highest grossing domestic film of all time? It seems to be leveling out a little bit. I don't know. I'll, I'll say it's in fourth right now. I do think it will stay in fourth. It's, it's. I think, leveling out, like Hammock said. And January is looking pretty thin. I think February is coming in a little bit stronger. And I think it's going to lose a lot of its premium screens. Um it's still going to be in the theaters for a long, long time until it's like barely making any money. But I just don't think it's going to make it to third all time. That Disney math we always talk yeah, about. It, that Disney it, math it somehow on how bad they want it. If they get close, yeah, to I mean that's they own Avatar now, but they didn't own it back then. It's kind of like when you when <laughs> it's kind of like when you get married and your spouse already had kids. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like that. You just don't think of them the same way again. Even though Spidey is Sony, so that's actually moot. Never mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew, what do we got coming out this week? New releases. All right, so the first big release is probably the most anticipated January 2022 release, and that is Scream, or as some have been calling it, Five Cream. Bear with me. I did a lot of research for this movie, <laughs> so here we go. This is the fifth installment of the Scream franchise. Once again, the big names are coming back to reprise their main roles. We have Neve Campbell playing Sidney, David Arquette playing Dewey, and Courtney Cox playing Gale. But we also have some young guns added to the cast like Dylan Minnette from 13 Reasons Why fame, Jenna Ortega from You Netflix series, and Jack Quaid from, most notably, The Boys. Scream was directed by Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillette, who both directed Ready or Not Together. It was written by Guy Busick and James Vanderbilt. Guy wrote Ready or Not, where James produced Ready or Not, but he also wrote The Rundown, Zodiac, The Amazing Spider-Man, as well as Murder Mystery. So this is quite the team at the helm for this Scream endeavor. It's rated R, just a hair under two hours, and is going to be in an estimated 3,500 theaters, according to the numbers.com. I think also some reviews are pouring in, and it's sitting at like an 83%, which is really, really good for, one, a horror movie, but also a Scream movie. Uh, when taking a look at comps, 
Normally, January is a dumping ground for sludge, especially unwanted and underperforming horror movies. Uh, you have The Grudge, R-rated sequel slash reboot to a known horror franchise that opened in early January of 2020. That made around 11.4 million in over 2,600 theaters. Uh, you also have The Turning that opened late January in 2020, where it made 6.9 in over 2,500 theaters. Insidious, The Last Key, which made uh, 29.5 million in over 3,100 theaters in late January of of 2018. Bear in mind, those are PG-13 movies, so take that with a grain of salt. Looking at some R-rated comps, you have Get Out at 33.3 million in just over 2,700 theaters in late February of 2017. Rated R, beloved director. Uh, granted, all those are pre-pandemic numbers and releases, and none of those movies have the reputation and fan base like Scream. Scream is a well-known, beloved horror franchise that has a cult-like following. I think one comp that could give us some better insight is Halloween Kills, a sequel to an R-rated, well-known horror movie franchise that has a cult-like following where a lot of the actors from the original are reprising their roles. It premiered in mid-October 2021 to 49.4 million in just over 3,700 theaters. I find that pretty impressive, especially when it was released simultaneously in theaters and on Peacock. Even with that being a great comp, I don't necessarily think Scream will have that kind of performance in its opening weekend. We have to take into account climate and time of year. Early industry projections had Scream getting around 35 to 40 in the four-day total. By my calculations, that would come out to around 29 to 34 million in the three-day total from Friday to Sunday. Now, I think we were a little cautious last week in our predictions. I myself was really undercutting my numbers, especially heading into Friday, and I say it shall not happen again. I think Scream can do well this weekend and take the top spot away from Spider-Man, especially when we take a look at the horror landscape recently and in the near future. The last bit of horror we got in the theaters, I mean, I would say Resident Evil and Nightmare Alley, but no one saw either of those films. If we looked at bigger blockbusters, it's either Halloween Kills or Ghostbusters Afterlife, if you can even count that as horror. And looking at the coming months, we have no real horror options on the horizon except a small horror movie called The Devil's Light, opening in February if that stays in that time slot or even opens wide. Really, the only dark thriller that's coming soon is Batman, which isn't like fully horror. So with all that being said, I have Scream coming in around 35 million this weekend for the Friday through Sunday total. But where do you guys have Scream coming in? Well, I had it coming in around there until I found out that they replaced, replaced Nev Campbell with Neve Campbell um, from Catfish. <laughs> That's not good news. I'm bumping it down. No, I, I'm just kidding. The Halloween Kills comp is the one that gives me all kinds of hope. Um, I had it. We're, we're doing these numbers for three-day, even though it's Martin Luther King weekend because Box Office Champs does three-day. I had it in the high 20s until I realized how much Halloween Kills made. It made, was it 46, 47 million opening weekend? And yes, I know it's, it's you know, Halloween time. It's October or whatever when it came out. But that just, I, I don't know. It, horror was always kind of, a, you know, had its audience that was really rabid and would always come out, you know, pre-pandemic. And, and maybe it's the case post-pandemic. I've read some stuff. I think I said this last week. Males ages 18 to 40 are the ones that come out the most of the movies right now. And that's, you know, that's up there for them. And I think this is going to be big for teenagers, too, even the ones that aren't supposed to be watching it. Uh, yeah, I like 
I have it at 35, maybe higher. Is that too optimistic? I think it's definitely, definitely, definitely going to beat Spider-Man. Uh, I, I have it a little lower than you guys. I traditionally do go lower than you guys. I, I have it $3 million less. I have it at $32 million for the four-day weekend, for the Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for the three-day weekend with a holiday weekend. Uh, some stats that I pulled up, I basically looked up every major horror release during the pandemic. Yeah, Halloween Kills, $49 million. Quiet Place Part 2, PG-13, $47 million. Spiral, $8.7 million. Don't Breathe 2, $10.6 million. Escape Room 2, PG-13, $8.8 million. Candyman, $22 million. Mm-hmm. Three-day weekend. Forever Purge, 12.5. Conjuring 3, $24.1 million. So I think this has stronger word of mouth because of the positive reviews, better reviews than, than Conjuring 3 had. I was really hoping Candyman would be my ideal comp here. And maybe if this was a, a, a standard three-day weekend, then yeah, we would be looking more closer to 22, 25. But the fact that a lot of people have off school on Monday, a lot of people have off work on Monday, we're going to see Saturday be... Uh, Sunday is basically going to be Saturday light. But I'm still being optimistic. Not, I'm sorry, I'm still being cautious. I still have it at 32 million. I personally would not be surprised if it would shrink closer to 30. I will say that what gets me a little bit more hopeful is that whenever I see uh, a scream video being made on like YouTube or something, like no matter how many sequels that it gets or how long it's been since the original movie, it seems to just keep on getting tons of views. Like I know this one guy on YouTube that basically turned into a scream channel because he was getting a lot more views on his scream content than the rest of his content i mean he was going back and forth between halloween and scream so to me i think both have a very cult-like following so that's what i kind of bumped it up a little bit because i think for the landscape and for how i think the fan base is wanting to see this movie and kind of wants this movie right now wonder how many people, how many kiddos are going to buy Spider-Man tickets and sneak into Scream. Can't do that as much anymore. With the science eating, it's hard to do that at nowadays. At least two, Geek. At least two. They'll find a way. Okay. Well, I'll adjust my numbers. I did that back in the day to uh, Saw 6. I bought Astro Boy tickets, went to go see Saw 6 with my friend, and at that point, I didn't see any other Saw movie. So it was just me <laughs> watching Saw 6 going like, What's with all these flashbacks? I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. See, your bad your bad behavior was punished. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I was punished for rewatching the rest of them, and I went past one through three. All right. Let's go to the next wide release this week, and that is a 2021 Japanese animated science fantasy film called Belle, also known as The Dragon and Freckled Princess. It is based on the French fairy tale Beauty and the Beast. I think I've heard of that one before. Uh, <laughs> Bell was written and directed by Mamoru Hosoro, who directed the Digimon movie back in the day. It currently holds a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, an 86% on Metacritic. It's rated PG. It's a hair over two hours. As of right now, Bell is the third highest grossing Japanese film of 2021 with a total of $58 million in the box office. It's getting a wide release this weekend, which means it's getting into 600 or more theaters. So keep an eye out on those theater counts come Thursday night from thenumbers.com to see exactly how many screens it'll be released on. I checked my local theaters for the weekend and it's getting some IMAX screens, which means premium pricing. 
there's not a lot of comps to go off of for this movie. We've seen a few My Hero Academia movies have a wide release in the U.S. and gain success grabbing between 1.3 million and 6.9 million. But My Hero Academia is part of a bigger anime with a well-established fandom. Same with some of the Dragon Ball Z movies that have made it to the theaters. Bell is a wild card, but it honestly doesn't need much to crack into the top five this weekend. It really needs to make like 2.3 and higher to be the fourth or fifth option, which is about where I have it. I have it as my fourth option with 2.3 million with 355 close behind. But what do y'all think about Bell and what it could do this weekend? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I, even though I'm a geek, I like anime is kind of like one of my blind spots and I don't I never know how to gauge this. So when somebody tells me, like, it just needs to make $2 million, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I go along with that. I don't have it as fourth. I have it as my fifth. I have 355 holding okay. Again, with, a, with the four-day weekend, with the holiday weekend. Um, maybe I should bump it up. I have Bell at $2.2 million right now. Uh, I got to do a little bit more research. It sounds pretty cool. Not gonna lie, it sounds like something I I, I may want to see, but at the same time, I, I I think it could I think it could do pretty well. There's there's definitely like Drew said, there's definitely a, a following and a market for anime in, in 2022, in in uh, these later years. Drew alluded to this. I think one of the things going against it is that it's not part of like a big anime show. It's like a standalone movie, even though it is kind of Beauty and the Beast with a dragon and a and a girl instead of a, a girl and a beast uh so it's kind of a known property in the sense that people know the fairy tale but that's it uh the only the highest movie i could find from japan that did anywhere in the ballpark was your name a few years ago got 1.6 you know not counting dragon ball or any of the shows so if if it only gets to that point it's not going to get in the top five uh but this has imax this has showings even tonight even wednesday night it has some showings here maybe it'll get into like 800 theaters if that's the case i think it definitely has a chance and i do think that right now we're at like maybe the zenith of like the young people being into Japanese movies. Uh, even a couple years ago, it was still like a little, I mean, it's still niche, but like I teach school and it used to be more of a, like a little bit of the nerd nerd group was the one that liked the, you know, animations the, the sorry, the anime and stuff. Everybody likes it now. Like the cool kids like it. The not cool kids like it. The medium cool kids even like it. I don't know what they need to pick a side. Nah. Uh, I, I'd rather bet a, for this movie than than bet on the 355 holding well. So I I, I might have it as fourth. <clears throat> well, with new releases out of the way, you know what time it is, boys? Six. Game time. Party time. <laughs> party time, yeah. When it's time to party, we will party hard. All right, party time, our weekly trivia game. This week, we're going to focus on Scream. I did not write any party time trivia about Bell because <laughs> I wrote party time before we realized Bell was going to be an option. Either way, this is the fifth film in the Scream franchise. Gentlemen, put the previous four films in order of Rotten Tomatoes percentage from highest to lowest. Go. Scream 1. is the highest. I think it's like 2, 3, 1, 4. 3 is not high. Wrong. 2, 1, 3. Correct. 2, 1, 4, 3. Wrong. <laughs> Correct. Great job. Only took. All right. What is the total domestic gross of the gross? The total domestic gross of the Scream franchise so far? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, Two fifty million. Nah, it's gotta be one that, right? Maybe not. I'll go like three seventy. Close. Three thirty-one. Okay. So far. 
It'll be 370 in a year. All right, now I'm gonna give you a Scream cast member. You tell me their highest grossing non-Scream film. Nev Campbell. We'll get Neve later. Um, oh, Skyscraper. It is Skyscraper. Good job. I, like I to think did of not know wild things. So <laughs> David Arquette was Anna's brother. Never been kissed. That, correct. Oh, well. Wow. Oh wow! Nice. I knew you were joking. Uh, Courtney Cox. Three thousand miles to Graceland. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Yeah. Oh dang it! No. The Friends movie. The 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 music video with Bruce Springsteen. The man. What has she been in? Oh, uh, Longest Yard. Oh yeah, that's a great. <laughs> I totally forgot she was the girlfriend in the beginning. Yes. Longest Yard is her highest grossing film, period. Jamie Kennedy. Malibu's Most Wanted. Um, <laughs> dang it, Jamie Kennedy's in a lot of stuff. Can't think of a single thing. But... This is a small role. Yeah, I was about to say, it has like, to be a small role. I had to look it up. I'm like, he was in that? Avatar. No, it's from the 90s. Titanic. It's a dramedy. <laughs> it's a dr- it was the same year as Titanic. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture. Love. No, That's that the wasn't the same year. What's the matter with you? Sorry, you said dramedy. Nominated for Best Picture, 97. It's the dramedy. It's the remedy. It has Skeet Ulrich. It has Greg Kinnear. As good as it gets? It's as good as it gets. He was one of Skeet Ulrich's... Primal Fear. Skeet Ulrich's... Shut up. It was one of Skeet Ulrich's buddies. <laughs> I do not remember that. <laughs> Neither did I. To the point where I'm like, is this lying to me? Is the numbers lying You've to me? The original, four, the original four Scream films were all directed by the legendary Wes Craven. I'm going to give you two Wes Craven films. You both agree on which of the two movies made more at the box office. Scream 1 or Scream 2? Scream 2, right? It has to be. It does not have to be. It made 2 million less than Scream 1. The original Nightmare on Elm Street versus The People Under the Stairs. I'll go with The People Under the Stairs. It sounds like a trick like that. Yeah, it does sound like a trick. Uh, No, it it made 1 million less than Elm Street, even though it was released about 8 years later. Was that about Harry Potter? No, the the serpent and the rainbow versus vampire in Brooklyn. Don't know what that is. Um, I want the serpent one with and the, the rainbow. rainbow. Sounds very that one's colorful. excellent. I was gonna go with vampire, but I'll go with rainbow. It is vampire in Brooklyn by point one million more. Nineteen point six point nine. Stupid versus Yeah. What made more, Wes Craven's new nightmare or Cursed, the werewolf movie? You picked Drew. I've been wrong on all of them. I don't know. I don't think didn't. Man, you know what? I'll, I would. I want to say new nightmare. I hope it did. You guys are officially wrong in all of them because Cursed made a million dollars more than New Nightmare. All right. I used the Numbers.com's report builder tool to research horror movies released in January. Give me the top five highest grossing January horror releases of all time. Go. It's about to be Scream. All right. Number one is the second movie in a franchise that we did not realize it was part of his franchise until the post credit scene. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Unbreakable? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, Split. Okay, that is the number one hor- uh, highest grossing horror movie of January of all time. Number two, movie with Jessica Chastain. Idled Hands. Not 355. No, no, no. no. Um, the Eyes. I completely forgot about this movie. It's a horror movie? Yeah. Unhelp. The Helpless. Mama. Oh, Fantastic yeah. Two. Fantastic Four Two. Stop that. Uh, next up is the fourth sequel in the franchise. It is a James Wan franchise. Insidious, the last key. Yes, that's correct. Oh, next. <laughs> next is a recently is a recently new franchise. The second movie I referenced earlier during new releases. Spiral. 
No. No. Not A Quiet Place. No. Is it The Conjuring 2? No, it was released in 20, January 2020, I think. La Llorona. No, it was January 2019. The, the, the... It's, a, it's about puzzles. Oh, Escape Room. Escape Room. And number five was released in 2005. It's the fifth highest January horror movie of all time. 2005. <laughs> the, the, the... It's got... Ma- what's the... Not it's the got ring. Michael Keaton. What? It's got Michael Keaton. White Noise? Yes, it is. White Noise. Good job. (laughs) That's what I got. (laughs) And and why not? Let's use that same report builder to figure out the five highest grossing January releases, period. Oh, dear. All right. Frozen. No. That was November. Frozen Okay, let's work backwards. Number three is an animated film. It's the third film in its franchise. Shrek 3. Despicable Me 3. No. The lead is very similar to Shrek in a sense. Um, Says Dana Carvey. Is he green? <laughs> no. Is he's black and white. Really? And red all over? Oh, no. Kung Fu Panda. Three. Three. Number four is in, uh, the first movie in a, a Liam Neeson action franchise. Taken. Taken. Number three is it's Die Hard in a Mall. Paul Blart. Mall Cop. <laughs> yep. Yep. Number two is a 1961 Disney animated film. Cinderella. No, it's about animals. All of them. Jungle Book. It's about domestic animals. Aristocats. Aristocats. The other kinds of domestic animals. (laughs) That is right. Number one was the highest grossing film of 2020. Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, it is the number one January release of all time. And finally, Ice Cream, You Scream, We All Scream for Ice Cream. According to the Food Channel, what are the 10 most popular flavors of ice creams? Chocolate. Vanilla. Chocolate and vanilla. Vanilla is number one. Chocolate is number two. Keep going. Strawberry. Strawberry is number four. What was the other one I heard? We both said strawberry. Right. What's next? Butter pecan. That's number three. What's number five? Mint chocolate chip. That is not in the top ten. Okay, good. I hate that ice cream. Me too. Um, How about... Cookie dough. Cookie dough, yeah. No. That pissed me off. How about just just chocolate chip? That's number six. What's number five? Cookies and cream. That is number eight. What's number five? I said. Is there something with right, rainbow sherbet or something? Like, no, does that's Neapolitan not ice cream. count? Neapolitan. That is what it is. Number five. That's number cheating. seven. That is cheating. <laughs> no, it isn't. Um, number seven would be French vanilla. That is correct. What really? Are you looking at a list? <laughs> um, Between that, what is and number nine? I'm out of guesses for the year. Um, <laughs> Superman. Yeah. No. Well, what, what number are we on? Number nine. You got to get number nine and number ten to win. Who's tracks? No. What about moose tracks? No, Turtle you're not. Tracks. It's vanilla fudge ripple. What? And praline pecan. That, who made this list? Is, were they part the of that family channel. with the Grammys and the Emmys? Party time over. Can't even eat ice cream. This isn't fair. All right, so moving over to the box office champs talk. Uh, they are still updating their site because they drive their data from the-numbers.com who's gone through a bit of an upgrade this week so it's okay box office champs are a little behind we still have our numbers ready uh for myself i have scream like i said earlier making 32 million i have spidey with a 35 percent drop making 21.2 i have sing 2 with a 38 percent drop making 7.1 355 42 percent drop 2.6 million and then bell making 2.2 million hammy what are your numbers showing? I got Scream at 35. That's very volatile. 
I have Spidey at 21.5. It should probably be a little lower, but last week when I tried to lower Spidey, it, it bit me in the buttocks. So uh, I'm going to keep it up higher this week. I'm going to stick with Sing being a little higher than you guys because it worked out well last week. 8.5. It's only a 27% drop, but that's possible on, on a four-day weekend, I think. 355. I have it 2.2. I have it dropping 53%. I think it can go more. Uh, it, if, if it made no money, I wouldn't be surprised. Kingsman, I have a 2.1. I could easily see that beating 355. And I might just do that. And Bell is right there. I got a 2.4 right now just because at the moment I want it higher than the other two. But we'll see if the theater accounts come out. True. Yeah, last weekend I changed my numbers right on Friday lock time and it bit me for the first two. The last three I kept the same and they were way off anyways. But this time I'm going to stick to my gut. I listened to my gut. And so right now I have Scream at $35 million in the top spot. Then Spidey I have dropping around 35 36% at $21 million. Sing 2 I dipped it down a little bit, down to 7.4. I think some VOD numbers. And uh, some traffic over to Scream will kind of hinder some of the the uh, family numbers, but I still think it's going to do really well this weekend. And then I have Bell coming in at number four with 2.3 million, then 355 close behind with 2.15 million. So yeah, 2,150,000. And a reminder as always, we are egotistical, insecure, and sensitive gentlemen. So we we reserve the rights to change these numbers at any point (laughs) because we like winning (laughs) things. All right, weekend watch list. We're going to talk about what we're each watching this weekend. Drew, what do you got? What do you got queued up on your list over there? Uh, queued up, I have an HBO Max new series called Peacemaker. This is all surrounding the Peacemaker a character from The Suicide Squad that came out last year uh, with John Cena playing the titular character. Um, I'm excited for this. It's supposedly coming out on either January 13th or January 15th. Either way, I'm going to be seeing it this weekend, and I'm excited for it. Emmy, what do you got here? What do you got queued up? I'm going to watch slash hate watch The Eternals. I want to see if it's as bad as Geek, as uh, Drew says it is. Uh, might as well might as well get all the MCU out of the way here while I'm at it. And, and maybe while I'm on Disney+, Plus, I'll watch Encanto, too. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch Encanto. I, 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 I am eventually going to watch The Eternals. But the main thing I'm primarily really excited about this weekend is The Tragedy of Macbeth will be released on Apple+. Plus this apple tv plus or whatever it's called this weekend my wife and i have been greatly looking forward to this very excited to sit down and watch it's probably gonna do that friday night and have a pour myself a nice glass of whiskey knock that out and i'm just the only thing that only thing that bothers me is it's not both cohen brothers it's just joel yeah but ethan oh, really? said he it's didn't just... want to do it he said that he it wasn't his bag the thing that worries me is that you said his name on a podcast and I don't know if that whole bad luck superstition carries over from the theater to podcast oh I don't know you're the theater guy so I would have thought you would have worked your way around it here I am doing your work (laughs) the tragedy the tragedy of McDonald's no it it, you only it only works works it only happens yeah it works it only works if you do it in the theater I'm the world is a stage anyway I'm looking forward to that as well. I'm going to yeah, plan on watching Scream and Tragedy of Macbeth this weekend and then coming out with reviews next week for both of those movies. So, I mean, Geek, if you uh, find yourself watching either one of those movies and want to hop on with me for a review of one of those two movies, hit me up. Maybe. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Okay, cool. Think hard. All right. <laughs> 
walk hard. Uh, Hammy, how can everybody contact us? You can find us on Twitter at Box Office Party and most places at Box Office Party. Instagram is box.office.party because Box Office Party was already taken by a site that has nothing to do with box offices or parties. I don't know why they chose that name and we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, YouTube and stuff is coming. TikTok is, is there, but it's it's a little bit uh, underwhelming right now. We'll get it going. Most of the all, make sure that you follow us and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, that you like and rate and review and all that good stuff. It helps us grow. We really appreciate that. Personally, you can find me at dhammock404 on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at geekboxoffice. And yeah, please write us some uh, reviews so we can really get this bumped up. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us. Yes, and you can follow me on all social media at Drew Angelman. All right, that's a wrap. Reminder, all of our box office research is done on thenumbers.com. That's the-numbers.com. Thenumbers.com, where data and the movie business meet. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you at the movies.
Welcome to Guys Diners and Drives Ice Cream List. Welcome to Guys Diners and Drives. You get some food. Vanilla is yeah, three baby. of the top ten. Look at my cool soul <laughs> patch. It could have been full, but we decided not to.